welcome to episode 8 of the SkyCast, presented by Lockdown Women's Basketball and High Post Hoops. I'm your host, Nick Niedorf, here to talk to you about all things Chicago Sky. Now before we begin, as always, make sure you're following us on Twitter at LockdownWBB and at High Post Hoops for 24-7 coverage of women's basketball everywhere. As always, we're going to talk about the games that have happened since we last spoke. The Sky went to Atlanta to face the Dream and came out with a win, and then traveled back to Chicago to face the Liberty and also came out with a win. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about some big news that uh, 2K Sports came out with today. And I want to talk about this because I'm a big 2K player. I don't know if I'm the biggest 2K fan, uh, but in case you're out of the loop, 2K announced that they will be adding fully featured WNBA teams and players in their upcoming release this September. And so basically players will be able to utilize play now mode and then play full seasons with teams. So we won't necessarily get a my GM or my career mode or my team. If you, if you play my team and you, you love microtransactions. So we won't be getting those, but I think getting play now in my season is, is going to be super awesome. I think, you know, beyond just the personal interest of wanting to play as WNBA teams, I know I personally would have bought live the past two years if it was available on PC. But beyond that, I think it's just huge in terms of exposure and exposing kids and teenagers to the WNBA, kind of building up that that rapport with them, if you will, and just getting them to know the teams, getting them to know the players. And obviously there's, there's going to be a lot of trolls on Twitter. There's going to be a lot of trolls online. There already are. There always will be. There always have been. But the reason I, I think that it's so important is I think back to when I was 12 and I started playing 2K. My, my older brother, John, had been playing for a number of years, but I finally picked it up when I was about 12 years old. And as somebody who was just getting into basketball then as a kid, uh, it was one, a great way for me to learn, you know, how basketball works and all that, but it was a way for me to start building up kind of this repository of names of players and coaches and teams and just kind of getting this background contextual information that really in hindsight wouldn't matter too much for me for a number of years until I really started getting into the NBA until I started following it a lot more closely. And, and suddenly all those names and all those players that I had kind of come to know through 2k suddenly made a lot more sense because they were real I was able to discuss them I was able to already have that name recognition and attach it to players that I was watching live and so I think in terms of that that is huge because you're just introducing people to WNBA players you're introducing them to their names you're introducing these kids these teenagers and these adults I don't want to discount the adult demographic but I just think based on my experience that's what I always go back to and I I, I think giving them that background that can be built upon by the actual league itself you know I think a lot of times we boil it too much down to okay, are people going to see this on TV, whether it's a WNBA commercial? Are they going to see it in 2K, in a video game, and then immediately go out and go to a game or immediately beg their parents to take them to the game? And I think a lot of it is more so just exposing them to that, making them aware that the WNBA exists, that these players exist, that they're on their radar. It's not always about getting that rapid shift of getting people into the stands but a lot of it is is introducing the WNBA and entrenching it further into people's everyday culture. You think of the NBA and how much marketing and advertising there is for the NBA. 
And even if you hate basketball, you you know a certain amount of things about the NBA. You know about LeBron James. Even if you do not watch basketball, you watch 10 minutes of basketball a year, you have an opinion on LeBron James because he's in the media so much because the NBA gets so much coverage because it's so well represented. And so that's why I think putting WNBA in NBA 2K is a good step forward because, and obviously this is preaching to the choir, but representation does matter. And it matters not just in the sense of, again, getting people out to games, getting people watching on TV regularly, but also just getting people more aware of the WNBA, making it more a part of their daily lives. Yes, I do think at the end of the day, people actually watching games and going to games is is the most important part because that's the part that keeps the league going, allows for expansion, allows for things like increased pay, better travel. That's the thing that really matters probably at the end of the day. That's probably the the biggest mover. But I also think something seemingly small, like having the WNBA in a video game, is also important because that's something that pays dividends years down the line. That's something that just builds and builds and builds over time in terms of how important that is to growing the game. It's not something that you'll be able to look at just this upcoming season and very definitively say, oh yeah, that was important. Like, that paid off right away. It's not it's not realistic. But when you think about all the kids, all the teenagers, all the people who play 2K every single year and buy it every single year against their better judgment, I'm I'm unfortunately one of those people, no matter what the siren call always gets me. But you think you think of all those people and as long as 2K sticks with keeping the WNBA in its game, as long as 2K sticks to that, those people are just going to have more and more exposure to it. And again, even if these people aren't watching a ton of games or going to a ton of games, you still have that intangible benefit of them forming opinions on players, forming opinions on teams. I I cannot tell you the number of times that I have had conversations and arguments with people who watch 10 NBA games a year but have fully formed opinions on Malcolm Brogdon when he was on the Bucks or other players who are good players but aren't particularly notable when you think about the NBA's historic canon but they have fully formed opinions on them because they play 2K because they know how those players are like in 2K and having that you know annoying aspect of pop culture in which people form opinions on things that aren't reflective of real life, such as sports video games, having that eventually happen to the WNBA is awesome. Like I know in a few years, I'm going to absolutely hate it when people are coming in my mentions and, and coming into my DMS and talking about how my opinion's wrong because they know what that player is actually like based on some things that have happened in 2k. I know I'm going to absolutely hate it, but you know, Start speaking from a current standpoint, I, I relish the moment that happens. I relish the moment that somebody berates me for saying that a player is not a solid three-point shooter because they're really good in 2K. I, I absolutely look forward to that moment because it's going to be awesome because it's going to be it's going to be a very, a very, very tiny we made it moment for the league. Very tiny. I, d- I really I don't want to overestimate how important that little moment's going to be, but it's going to mean a lot to me. Because again, 2K formed the basis of who I am now as a basketball fan. I'm not like ashamed to admit that or anything. I mean, it doesn't currently form 
any of my opinions on basketball, but it definitely did at a time. And it gave me a launching point to get into basketball. And, and for that, that's something that, that I'll always remember. I'll, I'll never, never turn my back on that, as, as corny as it sounds. And so for NBA 2K to make that an option is just something that's going to pay dividends year over year over year. And truth be told, it's going to pay at least a little bit more for them this year because I'm absolutely going to buy it now. I swore off 2K pretty much completely until this morning, so feel free to shame me on Twitter. Uh, that's what I'm here for. But but seriously, it, I know I rag on 2K a lot because of it's it's a very very flawed franchise at this point, but it still sells a ton of copies. It sold 9 million copies last year. It still does very well. And so from an exposure point of view, it's absolutely huge for the WBA and I'm, I'm not going to knock it for that at all. So there's my little sidebar on some non sky related stuff. I'm obviously super hyped to see how diamond to shields plays just because of how athletic she is. I know Courtney Vandersloot's going to be super fun to throw flashy passes with and Allie Quigley. I, I think Allie Quigley will probably be a broken player in this game. I think she's going to just be super overpowered and, and just way better than, than her rating probably makes her in the game. So I'm excited to be, abuse that feature of the game. But moving forward, it's time to talk about some real-life basketball, which is, you know, if you have been paying attention, is, has been happening apparently since we last spoke. Um, so obviously the Sky grabbed two wins uh, against Atlanta and the New York Liberty and overall, they're just, it, they were two big wins. And obviously, at this point in the season, every win feels pretty big. But I think for the Sky to be able to put away the Atlanta Dream, and, and they did it in a pretty convincing fashion. It was 87 75 with the finish. And I felt like the Sky were in the driver's seat down to the stretch of the game. But for them to be able to put away a team that has been really bad all season it is a good sign. They, they need to be able to win those games to just lock themselves into a playoff spot and hopefully jockey for better position, hopefully jockey for that first round bye. Those are the games you have to win. You have to hope that you can you know sneak a couple off the top teams, but you have to win against the bottom feeders if you're going to be able to do that. And then obviously against the Liberty, just strategically is a great win. And Allie Quigley talked about this in the post-game presser, but being able to give yourself a win while also giving the Liberty another loss, knocking them further down the standings is huge. Not that I necessarily feel like the Sky are realistically in danger this season of falling out of the playoff standings, but as I always say, anything can happen. I don't want to jinx anything, so pushing the Liberty down further and further is always a good thing to do for the Sky. Winning that matchup is obviously beneficial from a standings point of view, but also I felt like the Liberty gave the Sky a good challenge. The Liberty have been a team that have been capable of, of turning it on at points. They've been very inconsistent, and I thought they gave the Sky a really good game. Nothing was really in hand until the buzzer sounded, so to see the Sky, again, just kind of get proven a little more prove that they can win down the stretch. I think it's it's really good preparation for the playoffs when they find themselves in one of those single elimination games, assuming they don't make a massive run and lock into the uh, conference finals, which seems very unlikely, but I think it's it's really good prep for those games. It's really good experience for the younger players and and one of the things actually I wanted to bring up that I thought was was interesting was James Wade rolled with uh it was Kalia Copper, Cheyenne Parker, Katie Lou Samuelson, Gabby Williams, and then Jantel Lavender. 
down in like the the final minute or so when the dream had a very realistic chance of coming back and it almost looked like that group might you know surrender things a little bit but he stuck with them down the stretch and part of me you know thinks that it was probably just okay it looked like the sky had things pretty much under control put in the bench a little more, give Jantel a little more playtime since she was already on the floor and, and, you know, get them some more playtime overall. Uh, and then it just turned out that, oh, like these minutes, this this last minute is going to matter a lot more than maybe Wade thought. That's that's kind of what I think happened. You know, I could be completely wrong and, and he could have, you know, planned to test his younger players regardless. But what I did like was even when things did tighten up, he stuck with them. And he didn't yank them out. He didn't pull them out of the game, which I think that can be obviously super damaging for a team's confidence. And so I like that he kept rolling with them. And speaking of Gabby Williams, I thought she had a really good game. Didn't shoot well from the field. Got to the line a ton, actually. But overall, just defensively, I thought she was much more impactful than she typically is. She's usually a very good defender. I think she can be shaky at times in terms of just consistency, but I thought that game, she was just locked in and she was really making plays all over the place, which from a player who offensively, as, as we've talked about, has, has been spotty in her production. I think seeing that defensive consistency is really huge for her in terms of contributing to the sky winning games. And I thought her defense was super commendable. I thought it was super impactful throughout. And when she's playing like that, it's very easy to justify keeping her out on the floor because she's just very dynamic when she's playing like that. Obviously we'd like to see the offensive development come along at some point, but just for this season, that defensive impact is what keeps her on the floor. And so it was good to see her put that together for the entire night. Another player amongst those five is Jantel Lavender, who had a huge double-double. And Jantel has just been super huge this year. I think out of almost anything that Wade has done in his first season, I think that acquisition has just been phenomenal for this guy. She is really one of the bigs that's just been consistently impactful for them and I think has just brought a great energy to this team and has really contributed to this new and budding culture. But she had a huge game. She really did her damage and she really did her damage in every way that you want to see Lavender do her damage. She did it on putbacks. She did it on dump offs to the rim. She did it in the pick and roll. And then she did it on spot ups. And <laughs> on the subject of spot ups, and this is something that has been a thing all season. We've talked about it on Twitter, talked about it in articles. But Jantel Lavender cannot take a three for her life. She. At this point, I am convinced that she hates threes. She is the master of the long two. Honestly, it feels like she never misses long twos, but she's always got a foot on the line or is maybe one step inside the line. And I'm kidding, of course. You know, a lot of it just comes down to her form. She kind of has a, a step through shot. And so I do wonder at what point is this a bigger emphasis in practice where Wade just like, hey, like, you can't stand at the three-point line anymore when you're spotting up. you got to take a step back. And I just think that would be so huge in terms of her production because she makes those long twos that are practically threes. But 
she's just shortchanging herself. And I, for all I know, it could be more of a mental thing. I know it, it's pretty common for players. As soon as they take that little step behind the three point line, it becomes more of a mental thing where it's much harder for them to shoot. So it could be something like that. But honestly, I just think it's because she has that step through shot, which I'm completely fine with her not changing. I just think that they should spot her up a little further back. So I would love to see Wade break, bust out the tape at practice and be like, okay, you cannot go inside this line when you're spotting up. I would be 100% on board with that. So that's just an amusing thing that it happens a lot. But I think in this game in particular, giving given the volume of shots that she took and the volume of shots that she made, she, she could have had probably about four more points if she was taking those shots beyond the three-point line like she should be. Um, but again, it's, it's a small thing, but something that I think she's probably well aware of. I think the coaching staff's well aware of, and it's just, it's just something that hopefully will get fixed at some point. Now, some other players I want to talk about real quick, um, Courtney Vandersloot, obviously I'm, it's, it's tough to oversell how good she's been for this guy at this point. I don't know if we've gone a podcast episode without talking about her for more than five minutes. Um, somebody wants to check me on that, but I think what I actually want to talk about today is she's just the star that dies everywhere, which you don't see from stars a lot, especially not somebody of her caliber of, of her size, but she literally just throws her body around and I, I know with Diamond uh, in particular, she takes she takes a beating when she goes to the rim because she's coming in at such a high velocity. She initiates contact a lot, and so she falls to the floor a ton. But with Courtney, it's, it, it's she's just diving for loose balls everywhere. She's always on defense. She's kind of she's kind of gotten into a habit of roaming this season, and so she gets mixed up in things a ton. And so I don't know. That's just something that I really appreciate about her. You don't always see that from top tier players because obviously one, they want to protect their health, which is very valid, but also, you know, I think that's just expenditure of energy. They don't necessarily want to give up, but really with Vandersloot, it, it does seem like every single possession, she just has such a, a nose for the ball. Uh, and so that's just something I wanted to express appreciation for uh, besides the fact that she had a cozy stat line of 16 points, eight assists, and only two turnovers. But I do think that aspect of her game kind of speaks to how important she is as a whole. She is really, I think Jantel is somebody who embodies the sky culture a lot, but I feel like Courtney Vandersuit is somebody who drives it forward. And I think under coach Wade, that's just been amplified even more. And so I mean, she's somebody who obviously she's going to have her jersey retired with the sky. I think that's pretty indisputable. She's just been so important for this franchise, but it is cool seeing her impact represented in this way. And so for the sky moving forward, they are going on a pretty terrible road trip. They're going to the aces on Friday, and then they'll travel to Los Angeles on Sunday to face the sparks. And then they'll have a good amount of rest before the sparks travel to Chicago to play them again. And I, I will say I'm a little bit worried for this road trip. Obviously the sky had a very similar road trip that also included the mercury before all-star break. And they dropped all of those games and that was part of their their four game losing streak and so I, I do wonder with how good the aces have been all season and then with the sparks who are 
really just catching fire. Obviously, they have Masha, who's come back. Maria Vadiva has just been on an absolute tear. Uh, would absolutely love to see her in a sky uniform at any point in her future, but that's that's a discussion for the off season. And then obviously, Candace Parker in her return has just been as dynamic as ever. I mean, it's Candace Parker, but she really looks like she hasn't lost a step. And so I think getting those two returning is just something that makes the Sparks a bit of a wild card this season, at least down the stretch, the remainder of the season. I think they're going to turn out to be really, really friggin' good. And I don't think any team is going to want to run into them in the playoffs. So I do, I worry about those games quite a bit, but that's why winning these games against the dream and the Liberty are so important. Those are games you, you have to win because those teams are worse than you. They have a worse record than you. You got to win those games. And so hopefully the sky can, can snag a game or two on this road trip. That would be awesome. But you know, we'll see. Uh, Jameer Faulkner is out on concussion protocol. She had a pretty nasty um, head injury going through a screen in the game against the Liberty. And that's really just kind of a crushing blow to her. She's, she's just worked so hard to get back to this point and she's looked very solid. She's absolutely been a positive when she's been on the floor. She hasn't really looked out of place at all. And so for this to happen, it's, it's not even anything to do with her previous injuries. It's, it's just kind of a, a freak injury with the concussion for this to happen right now really stinks for her, but hopefully she can get back on the court quickly without any rush in her recovery of course so that'll mean that gabby williams will probably get a bit more playtime at the one spot moving forward until faulkner does come back but you know it's something that you you simply you just have to deal with over the course of the season things like this obviously do happen so it'll be it'll be intriguing to see where the sky are at uh by our next episode if they can really if they can pull out at least just just one win I think that would be considered a, a victory for the road trip just because these are just two very good teams and the sky have just been they've been bad all year on the road so I think that would be a huge boost to the team if not hopefully they can bounce back at home against the sparks but it'll be interesting to see where they're at I do think you know I don't want to end the episode without mentioning that the sky did match their win total with their win against the New York Liberty from last year. They're 13 and nine now, which considering how much left of the season there is to play is just an awesome sign of, of growth in such a, a short amount of time for the team and a good sign moving forward. So we'll see how much the sky can build upon that with the games they have left, but the road certainly won't be easy. Thank you for listening to episode eight of the Skycast right here on Lockdown Women's Basketball and High Post Hoops. My name is Nick Niendorf, and if you liked what you heard here today and you want more coverage of the Chicago Sky, make sure you're following us at Lockdown WBB and at High Post Hoops. And if you're interested in having any comments or questions answered on the pod, shoot us an email at the Skycast podcast at gmail.com or send me a message on Twitter. 